0: Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today.
1: I'm coming up on the impact now. Looks like you were right. It's another crate, just like the others. Crashed down through the wall on the 43rd floor. You getting this, Evan?
2: (sighs) I'm seeing it. Footage is a bit fuzzy, but it looks like it's still in good shape, too. These Caprican crates can take an orbital drop. what I tell you? 50-50, it's either a crate or a body? You so owe me lunch at the rails.
3: Neo Atlantis was supposed to be different. White walls and flying cars. Buildings designed with a new deco architecture that reimagined the strength and splendor of a past age into a new world with all its exquisite elegance. Neon light bouncing off of gilded gold sculptures reflected in sleek tinted glass. If you weren't here, then you were nowhere. Just a part of a decaying world order doomed to slide into the sea that this city-state floated upon. What it wasn't supposed to be. Was the same brittle, fire-blackened walls you could find in the old world. It wasn't the abandoned turf of a psychotic gang, nor was it the sprawl that surrounded that turf for mile after overpopulated mile. It wasn't supposed to be Arcadia, a district forsaken by the rest of the city, living exiled away from the altar of progress, taking what it could to feed its starving husk the sole black mark on a utopian dream.
1: This place looks like it could come down any minute. And that was before this crate tore through it. Doesn't seem like there's anyone lurking, so that's a plus. Got my position, yeah?
0: Yeah, we've got it. The signal's uh, kind of jinxed. This normal, Johnny? I think we've got you within about 20 metres.
1: Hello, is that you? Thought you hated it out here in the zone. Not that there's a lot to love.
0: Wherever this idiot is, I am. Can't shake me. We're basically one person. Hey!
1: And only one cut of the praise, too. I don't want to hear any guff about it, either. Cutting Combs, now. I'll see you when you get here.
3: Ash from fires long swept away clung to the webbing of the reinforced cord as Johnny secured a hook to the lift handle of the sturdy drop crate. A blue light pulsed from under the gilded faux gold embellishments and shell logo, Of Caprica Corp. Caprica was, of course, the leading high end producer in Atlantean cybernetics and magnetic rail weaponry. It made the sort of goods that most contractors could only imagine having access to. That made for the kind of demand that couldn't be ignored by those seeking to profit off of such things. With a reassuring pat of her own cybernetic hand to the surface of the cargo, she instinctively wiped the sweat that was forming on her brow away to replace it with a smear of soot. With a curse about the humidity, she dropped her long coat on top of the softly glowing crate before making her way to the hole it had left in the side of this derelict building. Perhaps calling it a hole was underselling it, she supposed. The crate had taken the wall with it as well as a sizable portion of the structure for at least three floors above this one. At least the damage allowed for an easier extraction of the crate. Or, that was the plan. It was late afternoon, which only served to highlight the contrast between Arcadia and the rest of Neo-Atlantis from this elevated vantage. The area had once been the prime residential and living district for everyone who wasn't directly working for Kraken itself. It had been sectioned to house everyone from influential stars and high-ranking subsidiary stockholders, all the way down to service and D-class civilians. Arcadia was part of the inside ring of the modular city, anchored directly to the Core, and the towering white wall that rose hundreds of metres above even this high-rise. Not high enough, though, that you couldn't see the splendour at its apex, the arcology atop the obelisk-like plateau. It was the throne which Kraken sat upon, the heart of the city, which all else bowed low at the foot of. The city was a thing of beauty, despite its scars. It glistened in the afternoon light, cleansed by storm, that had since made way to an endless blue sky. As breathtaking as it might have been, scars or no scars, Johnny knew damn well there was an ugliness beneath the surface that ran deeper than the sea that it sat upon, rising all the way up to the core above. That ugliness was, of course, what had brought her here to this point, to this place above the sprawl, waiting with growing anxiety for her extraction. Johnny was a merc, working for whatever faction that could pay her the price in the golden chips that ran the underworld of this city. But this case, this pickup. It wasn't her first retrieval of the day. This little bonus started out as just a regular job.
1: I guess this is as good a place to start as any. The Albatross is a hub. In my line of work, that means it's a safe spot. A place proven marks can pick up jobs and they're going to get paid. No double crossing, no guns under the table sort of business allowed. That isn't to say that things are always that simple, but it certainly does help the process. I say proven marks because that's an important distinction to make. For every Johnny, there are 50 Evan and Ella's, and for every Evan and Ella, there are a hundred skillless street toughs looking to GoPro, kids trying to make it and learn the ropes, lots of baby turtles trying to make it to the water, only to find the oceans a lot more treacherous. That's enough for now. I have a man to see. Hopefully about a job.
3: In the times before the Arcadian sprawl rebelled against the rest of the city, the Albatross, or whatever it was called before it had that name, was part of a universal chain of pubs. A designated and familiar venue that could be found in many corners of the district with the express purpose of partaking in all manner of legal vice. Dens of moderated and portioned indulgence. Of course, Arcadia changed quite a bit since a group of radicals decided to plummet the district into a modern-day dark age, at least by Neo-Atlantean standards. It wasn't big money profitable to try and run a business in Arcadia these days, unless you were in the business of law and order. That was the sentiment that left many buildings up for grabs for cut-rate cred. Buildings that enterprising individuals like Nick Ballard could use to carve themselves out a living. Just like they used to do, in the old world.
4: Hey, well look who it is! Here you're washing up on shores that ain't so sunny these days, Johnny. <laughs> Fortunes do change, though. I mean, <laughs> it can't rain all the time. I've got a message in for you from Merknet, gunrunners, I think. Uh, Prick Stilosa, finders fee. That's of course no business of yours, though.
3: The last job had been a rough one. She tried to pull it off without any blood. People thought of gangs in a very abstract way in Neo-Atlantis. They were either vultures or bogeymen, hunting the streets and picking at the exposed bones of the city. The truth was that sometimes they weren't drug-fueled thrill killers or streetwise opportunists. Sometimes they were just desperate communities that had nowhere else to turn but to violence. Having to pull the trigger on people who wanted to cut your cyberarm off so they could feed their families inevitably left one haunted.
1: Can't rain all the time. I'll take a black barrel machete. On the rocks, of course.
4: Alright. Coming up. I should have saw it coming. That sort of tequila isn't easy to get around here. Without your lapping it up, I'm going to have to take a job out on the stuff soon.
1: You're making me sound like an alcoholic. Do you think I have a problem now?
4: Maybe just more of an, uh, an, enthusiastic customer, yeah?
1: You fucker. <laughs> so, gun runners, you say? They're a bunch of salesmen. Dodgy as all hell. Can't turn down faction work right now, though. Ravik's not well.
4: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Ravik's a good bot. Maybe a little fatalistic at times, but... He's been around as long as a chorus. Gives a damn about Arcadia. About where we came from and where we're going. Why doesn't he just get himself transferred into a new shell or something?
1: I think he wants to die, to be honest. Kills me to say it, but it's true. I think he's seen too much, Nick. Tired, you know.
4: Uh, that's fair enough. Um... Yeah, well, uh, back to business then. Get a seat. I'll get you a drink and patch you through when you're ready.
3: She took a seat at a booth, her favourite seat in the house, where the tables and long duraplast benches were eclipsed by a window that had been configured to illuminate the table with a soft blue glow. Rainwater surged down the outside of the glass, making it feel like some sort of large portal in this downpour. It'd been raining for days now, she thought and you could almost feel the frame of the district flexing as titanic waves rocked the arcadian break wall. At least, that was the case when you were as close to the room as the albatross was. It didn't take long for a drink to come. With a smile, she accepted the machete from a small track drone with an extendable arm Nick used to wait on patrons. It was old tech, but it did the job, and was as much part of this place as the windows and the walls. With a deep breath, Johnny adjusted her quickly drying clothes and shook out her short blonde hair. Materials that dried quickly were always in fashion, here in Neo-Atlantis.
1: I'm ready. Go ahead, put them through. Thank you for using Intercall, your leading solution in secure communications.
2: You're speaking to the gun runners, you're wait. This
1: is Johnny? You were expecting me to be a he, right? Maybe we were
2: just expecting you to be taller.
1: If that was a joke, you should know that you aren't very funny. Are we making a deal or what?
2: We have a time-sensitive offer available for you, and I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be a tough grab. I'd have our own people manage it, but I've got absolutely zero confidence in those assholes to make this actually happen. And make it happen right. Long story short is the Authority managed to skim some cargo off some air barge flying Caprican goods. Seems even the cops gotta bite the hand that feeds them occasionally. Problem is, it landed in Troka territory. That's bought us some time because the Troka hate the Authority. Problem is, the Troka also hate everyone else, so expect resistance
1: to go out on a limb and assume the goods we're dealing with are crates full of rare weaponry.
2: Well, we wouldn't be the gun runners if they were filled with medical supplies, now would we?
1: No, I suppose not. How many crates and what's in it for me? I've been to Troka. Not only is it in the demilitarized zone, but it's Arcadian wasteland. They kill anyone who isn't one of their own.
2: Intel says that our men managed to kick four boxes off the back of that barge before getting thrown off at themselves. As for chips, we're willing to pay three for their retrieval.
1: Cheap <laughs> bastards. If even half of those guns survive the fall, you're going to make three times that. You're going to have to do better. Or you're going to have to deal with the troga yourselves. Three is piss-all my neck. My price is six.
2: Fuck me. You know your stuff, don't you? You deal like you've been around longer than our sources give you credit for. Let's do five coin and your word that this contract will be exclusive. No backdoor deals with other factions. You get the crates, you get the fuck out, understand?
1: I'll cut off a piece for myself if I find an opportunity to do so, but no side jobs for the competition. Four crates full of Caprica's finest arms. Wherever you want them. The deal is done.
2: The deal is done. Transmitting you the details now. We have beacons on the cases and footage of the drop in case it's any help. We're still getting readouts on the cases that tells us if the Troke have recovered them. They haven't been able to pry them open yet. I look forward to meeting you for a drink, Miss Johnny.
1: It's just... Johnny. Job taken. Alright, Thoughts. This is as much for me as it is for you. Sounds like the original job got really messy. Need to get Evan and Ella on that footage. Messy jobs often make for overlooked opportunity. <laughs> he undersold the threat of the Troka. That with them once about a year back. Still surprised it didn't end in blood, but I'll take not having to get ugly with psychotics in no man's land as a spot of luck. I'm not going to have the same option this time around, I think. Troca is a prison word. It's used for inmates too dumb and too violent to fit in with the jailhouse mechs. They've embraced it and stayed to their roots, too. As I understand the history of it, a few years before my own ship crashed into the breakwall, there was a riot on board a large prison vessel transporting violent prisoners to a high-security colony. Obviously, since I'm telling you this, it never got there, and to make matters worse, they managed to not only steer it here but get it under the nose of automated defences. That's the job of a good people mover like the one that got me and my family here. The authority gunned many of the fuckers down while they were climbing down the inside of the break wall, You know, like they do. But the ones that have survived have been a pain in the ass ever since. Terrorised their way to pissing on a spot in the zone about a mile wide. That's more the reason that I know this job went sideways in a bad way. Of all the places to drop this cargo... You wouldn't voluntarily choose to drop it on a troka. That's all for now, I think. We've got a job to get done.
5: Cybernautica Breakwall is produced by Red Fathom Entertainment. This episode featured the voice talents of Abigail Turner as Johnny, Travis Story as Evan, Madeline Darrow as Ella, Alexander Dottie as Nick Ballard, Veronica Pierce as The Operator, and Aubrey Poppleton as The Gunrunner. Narration by Dan Bowd and script editing courtesy of Jupiter Sanders. Cybernautica is written, designed, and edited by Damian Sidlow. Our show is 100% fan-supported. No sponsors or ads. So if you like what you've heard here, please consider stopping by cybernauticapod.com to find out how you can back the show, as well as the cool stuff that you can get for getting behind us. A special thank you to Girl in Space's Sarah Ray Werner and her Podcast Now Masterclass for helping light the fire that turned into this story. Thank you for joining us this episode, and welcome to Neo-Atlantis.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
5: Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beavermount, Ontario, is pretty much the same. Folks are polite, there's a hockey game that evening, and someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing sorry about the murder into your favorite podcast app.
3: Ah,